0: Hello and Jai Ma, it's Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul and the sponsors that you may hear today and their special offers will be linked in the show notes. For example, today's episode is sponsored by a must, must try, which is Open. Now Open is a mindfulness studio where you can uh, practice what they have to offer in your own home with meditations and music, breathwork, sound baths mindful movement like yoga and pilates and more again you can practice in the comfort of your own home and they are offering a free 30-day trial to their online classes when you visit withopen.com slash magic and you can cancel at any time of course so more on open in the midst of the episode and in the show notes and happy virgo season my friends isn't it wild that the year is almost over oh i feel sometimes overwhelmed like am i doing enough with my time as my time is my greatest asset but then i remember that Whatever I am doing, my human is likely doing whatever my human feels like doing in that moment or what is best for my human in that moment and to not always get in a frenzy or riddled with anxiety about my time, what am I doing with my life and whenever I do get in that frenzy, I feel this whisper in the soul that reminds me to Just live, just be, it's perfect as is. And so that is my mantra for the month to just live, just be, it's perfect as is. And I am embracing the moments of the young energy where I'm out and active and lively. And I hope you are too, where you're freely just living your life, doing whatever nourishes your soul. Yes, you might have some work, you might have some obligations, but at the same time, you are unapologetically doing what is best for your human. Perhaps that's going after whatever you've been dreaming of or manifesting, or perhaps it's at this time helping someone in need who you love whatever it is that you are actively doing it unapologetically and knowing that this is best for your human right now and on the contrary let's say you are doing things that you feel like might not be the best for you well a that is a message for you to listen to but b trust that perhaps you're going through whatever you're going through and it's happening for you even if it doesn't feel like it because it's something for your human to experience to learn from and to turn whatever this heaviness might be this darkness might be or whatever just this dull low moment might be it's something a message for your human to learn to experience for whatever reason and you'll know in sometime to come and i think about all the times back when when i totally did not like something i was going through in life or I, i was having a very challenging time but that truly was something i needed to experience for my human to strengthen to who she is today or just learn from for me to feel more empowered in who i am today and understand more of myself so again whatever you're going through in life I I know that this is so cliche, but it's happening for a reason. And that as long as you just live, just be, it's all perfect as is. And then also taking some time with the yin, you know, having calm days, days where you take a deep inhale and a long relieving, releasing exhale, and you don't have a cluttered agenda Full of things to do for the day or for others. Instead, you do something for yourself, for your mental health, for your emotional health, and your spiritual well being, of course. And you just take the time to soothe the soul. Then just remind yourself just live, just be. It's perfect as is. So that message I just shared is for many of you listening, and that's also for me. One thing that's beautiful about sharing messages with others is that. As you are quote unquote teaching or preaching or just sharing a message, you're also reminding your human, reminding yourself. So there are things that I like to say that I'm also instilling and emphasizing this for my human to really take note. Also, with the bonus episodes, I was doing bonus episodes of full moon episodes, which you can still probably listen to every full moon. They'll be mostly relevant and maybe some things will not be but I'm not going to do full moon episodes any more, like regarding the full moon. However, I think I want to have them take place on the full moon and continue doing either heart messages that come to heart or covering one of the topics or questions that arrive in the topic box. So feel free to continue to submit what comes to heart for you at euromagic.life and go to the topic box and I'll answer in that in either a solo a monday solo or in a bonus episode. I figured that it'd be nice to have those questions covered or some heart messages shared during the full moon since I have so many guests lined up and I like to take the time for solos, you know? You know. So, yeah. And I guess that means next week because next week is a full moon on the 9th, I will be posting two Q&As, one for the monday episode and then one on the full moon. But this post is a repost of an old episode that took place around this time in 2018 with the beautiful Rebecca Campbell on how to work your inner light and distinguish our intuition from the voice of our ego and create a spiritual practice and tapping into our femininity and finding power in our rock bottom along with intuitive nature walking for creativity. And embracing our cyclical nature to let go of ego and let go of control, and more for embracing our inner light and letting our spirits rise. Rise, sister, rise. And for those of you who might not be familiar with Rebecca, well, I highly recommend picking up her best selling books, Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister, Rise. As she is a Hay House author who I've been inspired by for over half a decade now, I'd say. This is a timeless podcast that I felt so compelled to reshare since it took place around this time several years ago. I love to, you know, reshare episodes that I feel the new listeners may not have been able to come across or listen to, but many of you will find many nuggets in here that I know will fuel and ignite and nourish the soul. And then for many of you who have heard it before, I mean, like myself, there were pieces that I'm so thankful I was able to remember and I hope that the memory of it will come back to you and you'll be able to apply whatever message deeply resonates with you in your life today. And this is a special memory. This is when I was staying in London for about, what, four months or something and yeah, I remember that she was somebody that I had on my manifestation list to have on the podcast and i'm so thankful that she came on the show to share some beautiful messages from her soul so reminder two q a episodes next week i'll be answering questions sent in by you and this week let the magic take a trip down memory lane with rebecca campbell your book. Light is the new black. It came out in what 2015. It came out a while ago, but yeah. I noticed over the course of the past year or two, it has really taken the spiritual world by storm. It's I've seen it on many Insta stories and posts, so of course I had to get the book too and <laughs> congrats on the rising success. She's amazing. But actually both of your books, Rise Sister Rise is still rising too. And they're just truly reshaping minds and lives. So thank you for your dedication to them.
1: Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rico.
0: Yeah, Rebecca. So you have a story. You have a story and you said, sometimes the universe turns off all the lights. So we have no choice but to find our own. I love that. Do you mind sharing this time, the catalyst that turned on your light and woke you up to this calling, this calling of your soul?
1: Yeah. So I feel that we all, no matter who we are, we all experience rock bottoms in our lives. And the rock bottoms are invitations to, instead of looking at it as like the dark night of the soul, looking at it like my friend Robert Holden so eloquently puts it, it's not the dark night of the soul, rather it's the dark night of the ego. And it's at these moments where it's like it feels like whether it's through grief, through severe loss, whether it's just through realizing and waking up one day and realizing that the life you've consciously created is just not in alignment with who you are and and the life that you want to create for yourself, for your joy, for your happiness, for your family. Um, When you have that moment, it's really this invitation for the part of us which has been consciously creating the life, you know, climbing the ladder, doing all the things that we're told we're meant to do and instead inviting our soul, that wise part of us, the the part of us that is constantly whispering and and attempting to to lead every moment of every day, really allowing that part of us to step forward and lead.
0: Mm, Yes, that part of us that has been climbing that ladder, society's reality of how we should live our lives. That is something that you are sharing this message with the collective to actually live your own unique light. And I love that you talk about this in Light is the New Black. What does Light is the New Black, what exactly does that mean? And what was your vision behind this book?
1: It's really a guide to listening to your inner voice, um, so when I say light, I mean your soul, your spirit, the part of you that is beyond just your physical years, and it's really a matter of of tuning in and working that part of you. You know, so often um, in our society, we're not taught to to uh, prioritize our intuition. We're not taught to prioritize our heart. Um, that inner guidance that we have. And so the book really is a guide to help you inquire into the whisper that is within each and every one of us. I believe we're all intuitive. I believe that we're constantly being led. I believe that our intuition is, is connected to all of life. You know, this mysterious force that's woven through. All of life that 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 brings the seasons, the coming and going of the tides, the the spinning of the planets, and that same intelligent force is also within us. Uh, we see ourselves as separate as you versus me, as as you know, um, country versus country, as continent versus co- continent. Mm-hmm. Whereas really, we're all connected at a deep, deep level, and the more that we can tune into our intuition, the more we surrender to that connectedness, uh, which is constantly guiding us.
0: Uh, This is probably a part of our soul's purpose. And though we are collectively one, of course, we do have these unique shells. And I, I am totally on the camp. I know, I know we are all one and not divided. And there is no such thing as different races. Yet it seems we have been planted in these shells to live different purposes just for the beauty of the world, the differences of the world. That's so beautiful. And if this is the case, how can we find out our soul's purpose?
1: Well, I think this is the the thing, like the earth is a place of extreme polarity. So in one way we're all one and in another way, and, and there is, there is, there is no, there is no, um, you know, barrier between you and I, and at the same time there is and so it's like while while yeah and so it is the polarity of earth which I think is why I I think being a soul is easy being human is is difficult because we live (laughs) in a period where it is country versus country in many cases it is class like there is there is separation and so I believe that the more that we tune into that intelligence within us, the, the little by little, we're surrendering to that um, that wisdom and we bring the planet back to harmony little by little. But, you know, there's all these concepts of like, like spiritual bypassing, for example, where it's like, yes, all of that is true. And on the polar opposite, there are realities that are showing us complete Difference, and that to me is why um, I find you know you would have heard the concept of Earth being like an Earth school for like a soul school, <laughs> and because the polarity is is excruciating. Like we've got the magnificent beauty of Earth as well as the 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 tragic sorrow of of hearts being ripped open, um, children being taken away from from at the border, and. You know severe grief and so it's it's both you know and I feel that that I do believe that we all each have a sole purpose but I I when I was younger I used to just be like, oh gosh come on like tell me what my purpose is tell me what my purpose is I just want to do it I just want to do it and I really saw it as this. More of a destination, like this place, I needed to get to it to understand what it what it was, so I could get on the right path, and then I'd be fine. And in in some cases, um, when I did go through my Saturn returns and the real crumbling around that, and and uh, doing the flip of allowing that whisper within me to lead me versus creating the life that I thought I needed to, because that's what I was told to. And, you know, it's it's what everyone should want kind of thing. Um, And so while I think that that when I finally surrendered to uh, my intuition and letting that part of me guide me, I definitely found myself on a completely different path, which had been calling me for so long. And I think this is true for everyone. I st- also believe that our soul is always calling us every moment of every day, and so, <laughs> and so, yeah, you get it. And so, it's like it's not so much about this like one purpose that we need to find, rather um, developing a practice to constantly listen to those whispers every day to to answer the call. To, and I think this is really all about surrendering to the fact that we're cyclic beings so it's human nature for us to want to keep when things are really good for us to want to keep things just the way they are like I remember when I met my husband and it was a similar time to um, when my um, I got my first book deal like so many amazing things were happening in my life and I just wanted to hold on to that. <laughs> you know, we all do that. It's like it's, it's normal. However, that is, and I remember people saying to me at that time where I was like, "Oh my God, life is amazing! Life is amazing!" And they were like, "Yeah, it's not always going to be like that." And I was like, "Oh gosh, you're being pessimistic." And and in many cases, I thought they were, and they were right. It's like you can't keep that state going. Forever. I mean, there's a difference between happiness and joy and true joy is like in the depths of the heart. So I think that we can still feel joy when we're going through the the highs and lows of life. Um, and as we're cyclic beings, we're in this constant state of of letting go and th- new things rising within us. It's like the rising and fallings. It's like the seasons we go through: spring when things are beginning to bloom, summer when when everything is juicy and ripe, and and like we've been working so hard for it, and every the sun is shining, and then comes autumn, and and little by little the leaves begin to fall, and winter. Where we're being encouraged to really be in the the what feels like barren or emptiness, and if we allow ourselves to be in that that period, then sure as sure as anything soon enough spring comes again, and so I think that this mm-hmm. this concept of like of of the seasons is just such a powerful one for us to for us to really live by you know i really believe that mother earth is teaching us how to be human how to live how to be um how to how to be happy every moment of every day and i think a big for me at least a big part of surrendering to both the soul purpose and and really living that soul led life is to surrender to the cyclic nature of everything <sighs>
0: Rebecca, that was so poetic. I'm in the midst right now of my Saturn return and I hear the polarity. I hear her with a capital H, my soul. And then I also hear my ego with a lowercase H that is hermiting and going inward in her winter. And right now I feel like, you know, spring has sprung again and I'm feeling realigned, but you know, I know that winter's coming um, because I'm human and that's a part of the experience. I'm very grateful that I have the tools now to shift her more rapidly, but I'm giving myself permission to not only experience these high highs, but also low lows and being okay with it. I know that this is my season and you're right. There is such polarity there, you know, darkness that lingers in us, but it isn't us There's this inner light, which is love, which is the polar opposite of the realities that show us that the world's darkness carries, like the children you were talking about being taken away or even the sick and the ill. And I watched your YouTube video on what lights you up Mm -hmm. and you asked yourself, what does light me up? And you received the answer, flowers. I think this is such a great way to connect with your capital H herd, to connect with that light inside. Uh, So you, especially if you're in the midst of that darkness and you decorated your place with flowers, which helps lights you up and activate that spirit in you. I, like you said, being in spirit, feeling inspired. I love that. And, but it just goes to show that you are deeply connected to your intuition and she's the one that has helped you Really cultivate and understand and love and harness this light inside. And so, how how do you distinguish your intuitive thought whispers versus the ego, the darkness inside? How do you distinguish the light and the darkness inside? Distinguish the voices.
1: Mm. So I think that um, first of all, you know, and like I'm, I'm sure you're all over this, but just if any if the concepts are new to anyone who's listening. You know, There's the voice of the ego, which is like the voice of the head, right, the mind. And then there's the voice of the intuition, which is the voice of the heart, the soul. And both are very important. One's not better or worse. They're just two different parts of us. Through a lot of mystic traditions and even religions, you'll see the symbol of the cross. And, and one of the things that the cross represents is is so you've got the the vertical and the horizontal and it meets together and so it's like heaven and earth coming together and the anchor point is in the heart and so I believe that and I have been blessed with amazing teachers who have taught me that the intuition is the voice of the heart of the voice of the soul and and the voice of the ego is the voice of the head now the voice of the head tends to be very chatty and very controlling and it has an ulterior motive whereas the voice of our heart of our intuition of our soul is a lot quieter um and it is it never has an ulterior motive also it rarely makes sense so so you know I always say, you know, it's your intuition when it doesn't make sense because it never comes with a complete instruction manual. You know, if it's logical, like do this, then this and this and this, it'll be the voice of your head. Nothing wrong with the voice of your head, but if you're praying for guidance, if it's a step-by-step plan, it's probably not your intuition. And I think that what stops most people from trusting their intuition, trusting the call of their soul is they're waiting for that step-by-step plan before they even take the first step. And intuition doesn't often work like that.
0: Mm, That makes so much sense. I'm thinking about my meditation today and how strange and very abstract and I can't even, I had to write it down. And I think it's just a piece of a puzzle of something that is coming, because it wasn't clear.
1: Um, mm.
0: But I will figure out the puzzle in time. It's just, that is very interesting. That was a message that needed to be delivered in my ears right now, because that's and so I think
1: true. Interesting that, that concept of like it being like puzzle pieces, it's a beautiful way of expressing it, you know. And I think having the 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 ritual or the practice of writing the, the bits of guidance down when you receive them, because, you know, I, uh, while I'm all about trusting intuition and, and that we should always follow the call of the soul it doesn't mean you have to, you have to act on it immediately. You know, like we are both, we are both. We're like, remember the cross, right? It's heaven and earth and we are both that. And so it's not about dismissing the voice of the head. It's about differentiating between the two and, the way i choose to live and it's an everyday work in progress because it's a lot easier to hear the voice of the head versus the voice of the intuition you need to carve out time um and in my experience i've found a, a daily spiritual practice helps to increase the 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 loudness and your connection to your intuition and the voice of the soul and I endeavor, and this is what I've committed my life to, and I know a lot of other people who who do the same, where it's about actually doing what I call the flip, where instead of, instead of living your life from your head, and then being like, oh, I wish I had done that, I kind of knew it, or oh, I had that idea, and I didn't act on it or whatever, you do the flip, and so you... As a priority each day, listen to the hunches, listen when you've know got that funny feeling in your belly, inquire into it, be interested in it. And then you use your amazing mind to work out the plan and work out how you're going to do it. And a lot of the pieces will be missing, but it's trusting and figuring it out as you go along. So often when it comes to living an intuitive life or what I call a soul-led life, it requires faith. It requires that we listen. And often it requires that we take a good run up and and leap. Yes.
0: And some people might be like, well, how do I know though that that's my intuition? And it's exactly that. It might be a little fuzzy, um, mm. but and it might not be completely clear yet, but you just, mm. you just know it's that feeling where yeah. you do want to take that leap.
1: One of my teachers, Sonia Kat taught me, um, when you're unsure about your intuition, a great way to, to feel into whether or not it is your intuition or your head is to voice it as in speak it out loud. So our our voice is, and you know, anyone who's followed my work knows how, um, how, important voice work is in, in my work. I do lots of chanting. I'm a bhakti yoga teacher. Um, I've studied the kirtan yoga tradition. And our voice is the most powerful sound current on the planet for each of us. And as we voice, as we speak out loud, we'll be able to feel in our belly or in our heart or, or somewhere in our body, whether or not what we're saying is actually true if you're not sure if it's your head or your heart, your intuition, say it out loud. Because when you say it out loud, you'll know it's like, oh, that felt weird. That's not it. Or you'll know where it's like, oh God. What I've also found is when we're talking from our heart, when we're saying something that's really true, which is like the voice of our soul, our voice tends to drop a bit. So right now, I'm I'm talking from that space because I and I know it because my voice is low. Whereas if I'm talking from my head, I'll be probably like I'll be like up here and just like, yeah, it's really great and blah, 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 blah. Now, there's nothing it's not that my soul soul voice is better or worse than my head voice, but that is a good indicator as well. Oh
0: my gosh, that is so true. I do feel like it's I get super grounded when I am in my podcasting mode, I guess, or just talking to somebody to deliver a message for the listeners and the voice drops. And I do feel more in tune because if you were to meet me at the grocery store, I am very bubbly and my voice is yeah. so high and I'm all over
1: the place. I, yeah. So- and it's interesting, isn't it? And again, I just like really, particularly on the call today, I just like really feel guided to say like one's not better or worse than the other. They're just different. And it's just good information to know when you're trying to inquire into, oh my God, am I overthinking this? Say it out loud and just see where your voice goes. You know?
0: Rebecca, that's brilliant. Also, I need to go to your bhakti yoga class, by the way. (laughs) What? Now that I know that you're in the UK. Well, you also talked about the importance of having a daily spiritual practice. And so Mm -hmm. I just have to ask, what does yours look like?
1: So at the moment, mine is chanting. I play an instrument called the harmonium and I chant most days. Um, I also do a practice, um, an earth-based practice every day, either earth pulsing, which is connecting to the heartbeat of the mother. Um, it's one that I I, I, I created um, or it really found me. It came to me at a time when I just needed a lot of rest And I, all I could really do is lay on the earth. And so that's a great practice. And another one which I've developed is called intuitive nature walking, which is how I write all my books. It's how I do all of, all of my writing. And so it involves going into nature and really connecting with that, that, um, intelligent force that i was speaking about you know the 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 thing the life force the shakti that's within flowers that tells flowers when to open that same intelligence uh, you know the concept is that it's also within us and so when we connect with that and allow through the practice of walking allowing every new step to be a step into the direction of that rhythm Yeah, and then often when I'll do it, I I will receive the whispers of my soul or I'll receive the wisdom in the plants and the trees, et cetera.
0: Always. I notice whenever I'm in nature too, so much beauty downloads Mm -hmm. through. And I didn't know that you wrote until I think today I learned, you wrote the book at Regent's Park where I've been watching the sunsets with my friends. Yes, exactly.
1: I surely did.
0: That is beautiful. See, even if people are in a city, they can still find spots of nature, hopefully, where they yeah, are absolutely able to download can. the wisdom that they want to share. It's still possible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I just have to ask. When it comes to light workers, so we all have our own inner light to share. And it is it's our birthright to choose to answer the call of the light over the darkness. And the call of our soul over our ego, you know, love over fear, um, and you talk about this as the birthright of the light worker. And so, what and who is a modern day light worker?
1: A light worker is literally anyone who um, is wanting to surrender back to that 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 balance, that harmony of life. You know, that cyclic nature of all things. We're living in such changing times, and I think that. Those of us who resonate with the term light worker, it's easy for us to be like, oh my gosh, like there's something I need to do. And it's, and you know, and it being really about us. But really, we feel into what a light worker is. All a light worker is, is someone who is endeavoring to do the flip. So, anyone who's endeavoring to listen to that intelligent force that's flowing through us, through our souls, through our intuition, to let that part of us lead us. Um, you know, a, another way of saying it is moving from my will, my personal will to thy will. And I don't necessarily mean that in a religious sense because I know that word can have religious connotations. I mean like surrendering to the 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 flow of the universe versus our own personal ulterior motives. And so really, all a light worker is is someone who wants to, Tend to their own inner light. And to me, inner light is soul, spirit, um, intelligent life force, Shakti, Um, and let that part of you guide you.
0: Yes. And you also talk about lightworkers having a double mission to not only nourish their own consciousness, but also the consciousness of the planet. And how in the world do we begin to tap into that especially if we really are living from ego
1: Yeah. So first of all, um, I really recommend some kind of spiritual practice and it shouldn't be like, you know, it doesn't have to be hours and hours or anything like that, but just some kind of practice, some kind of rhythm, um, like a ritualistic thing that you do to connect into your heart, to your spirit, to your, to your, um, to nature even. So, and the reason you do that is that it's a, a moment of every day where you're connecting into that universality, right? Then um, the next thing I'd recommend is trying not to figure it out from your head yourself and trying not to make it about you even. So what I did was um, when I prayed on this, because I'd been trying to figure it out for so many years and I'd received guidance, but I was trying to, make it happen from my mind, like consciously make it happen because I couldn't work out the step-by-step thing. Um, And so it was really at that moment where it was rock bottom moment where I was like, like prayed for guidance. And it was basically show up to the daily practice and then follow what lights you up. And to be honest, when I heard that very clear guidance, I was a little bit annoyed because it just sounded so corny and was so like, Oh, can't be that simple. But I knew enough about intuition at that stage. And so I ended up, like you said, like wrote wrote the list of different things that lit me up. And for me, flowers were surprisingly like right up the top there. And I realized that it was the connection to nature as well as the beauty that really inspired me. And so that actually led me to uh, discover Regent's Park Rose Garden. And I I, um, decided to show up to the park, the rose garden every day, do my meditation and really just do that practice of intuitive nature walking. And as I did, and I connected to the spirit of the the plants and the flowers, um, I began to hear the whispers um, of earth, of my soul and write them down. And they showed up every day. And I think this is such an important thing with um, when it comes to surrendering to or allowing ourselves to be led. It's like showing up with discipline is often in many times in our life when we, we feel lost, it's like that rhythm is really important and it certainly was for me. And so little by little, baby step by baby step, it was like I was just walking myself closer to um, co- closer to that connection with the earth. And as a result, I began writing every day at first, just like little notes. And then it turned into my blog and then it turned into an instant guidance Oracle on my website. And then it turned into a book proposal. And then eventually when I'd written my first book, I had a moment where I literally finished it and I clicked file and save and, and close the word document, sent it to my editor and then close my laptop And I looked up and I was in the middle of Regents Park Rose Garden where I'd written the entire book. And so, yeah, and so what started as something that felt very corny and kind of so small to me as in follow what lights me up led me to a ritualistic practice that I, with discipline, and this is why the mind's important. If I was just in intuition, I wouldn't have committed to the action of showing up every day right? I'd just be like meditating all day long, which was not exactly what I needed. So it was like showing up, showing up, showing up. And then little by little, it was the, the words came through and I had a book. Now, on one hand, it was effortless. And another hand, there was so much discipline that was required. So you could call that a lot of hard work, which is also true. And so I think this is the interesting thing when we surrender to that intelligent force, rather than trying to figure out how we're going to fulfill a purpose rather connect in. And particularly if you resonate with the term light worker, like I find a lot of light workers take on this responsibility and, and some can also take it on as in like, um, make it about them. Like it's really important. My work's important and all that. And on one hand, totally. And on another hand, it's like, it's not about you. It's not about us at all. Rather it, it and it's none of our business where we're being led <laughs> if we're truly of service. And so then when we surrender, we go from my personal will to thy personal will, then that's when the, the miracles can happen in my experience.
0: So if you have not taken advantage of OPEN's free 30-day offer for the Euro Magic listeners to enjoy your own mindfulness studio at home. Well, uh, now's the time. <laughs> Might as well take advantage while it lasts. So, Open offers unlimited live and on-demand classes with teachers that make you feel like you're in person, and they have expansive and soulful meditations and music and breath work, sound baths, mindful movement like yoga and Pilates and more, so opens immersive cinematic classes feel like they transport you to the here and now and it provides endless on-demand tracks which they refresh daily which i appreciate and you can simply just tune into your app or on your phone and if you're trying to start a meditation and breathwork practice how perfect is it and especially for this modern day to just in- incorporate something simple into your daily routine and make a habit of meditating and practicing breath work weekly or even daily you can use our code as well to get 30 days free i'm going to emphasize that by going to with open.com slash magic feel free to browse and see if this is something that resonates with you, and if it does, amazing, and if not, you can cancel at any time. It looks like they have a new free September mindfulness challenge that you can do for 30 days with them, so you might want to jump on board with that. I've enjoyed Breath and Sound with Tara Z and many other beautiful, soothing teachers that make you feel Tapped in and tuned within and you really cannot go wrong and I'm so thankful that they are sponsoring the show and giving you guys 30 days free to try out their beautiful app, which you can use on your phone through the App Store or just use your desktop. I use my laptop for their classes. And Open makes Breathwork way less intimidating, which I want to point out for many who are afraid to approach Breathwork. And they have this community aspect with a live chat, which for those who really enjoy the idea of being with a lot of people, at least you feel like you are part of a community and you can chat live with others in a live class. So Open is gifting the listeners 30 days free to try it out. There's a link in the show notes withopen.com slash magic. Again, you can go to withopen.com slash magic and use code magic for 30 days free. Unlimited live and on-demand breathwork meditation, yoga, Pilates, and more. So let me know what classes you're trying. And I'm excited to hear how you like it. And maybe I'll see you in class. And you cannot go wrong. Again, it's 30 days free. So why not try it out? withopen.com slash magic. Now on with the show. Thank you so much for listening to those whispers. So we are delivered your Mm -hmm. wisdom and the Rose Garden's wisdom Mm -hmm. and surrendering. Oh, the power of surrendering. What does that look like when you receive the download and you're like, what? How can we surrender? Because people are like, what do you mean surrender? How can I just let go? Yeah. How do we describe this? How can we articulate this? How do we surrender?
1: Hmm. Good question.
0: That's a hard one, I know. <laughs> can you give me an example? Oh man, let's say you are in the Rose Garden and you're ready to discipline yourself to go there every single day. And maybe you have some sort of ritual where you quiet your thoughts and you let go of all the chatter so you can finally be open.
1: Mm. Mm. So let's say that you were like, you were committed to writing, for example. Um, what I would do is recognize that showing up to write every day is your the human part of you, like you're doing your job. So just showing up with discipline is your job. Then it's about calling in the support of the heavens. So you've done the earth piece and, and kind of demanding it. You know, so if you, for example, if you're writing or even if you're meditating and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't know what my guidance is, or I don't know what to write, start there and say, um, and say, if you're journaling or if you're, you're attempting to write a book, for example, or a blog post, write what you need to hear in that moment or ask for the guidance that you need and say, just be like, I feel so stuck and blocked. Um, this is annoying. This is annoying. I need your help and then allow another another voice to come through allow your higher self to come through so i think often we see the blocks that we have whether it's like i don't feel connected or i'm finding it hard to meditate or um you know i don't, i don't know what to write we use we see those things as bad things but often that is that is the curriculum that we're working with. and so and so it's like actually embracing the fact that you feel blocked or embracing the fact that you you're, you feel small or embracing the fact that, that you feel really hurt because someone said something really hurtful about you. And so how, and then how can you then use that? because we're human you know how can you use that and open yourself up? to healing that. So I use writing a lot and I encourage a lot of my um students to do this and and mental clients to do this where you know if you are feeling insecure yourself or there's something that you're you're working on use that in your writing. Ask for guidance or or say that you're afraid and then ask your higher self, your soul, your your um your guides, whatever you resonate with, to answer. What is it that I need to hear today?
0: Mm, asking and allowing—that's key to just simply ask and then allowing. So when you sit there, I know for me, I truly have to shift my thought a second that comes in that might say, this meditation is not working out. This is, you know, you're being silly right now, trying to open up. And then I just really recognize that thought and I just silence it enough to the point where it kind of gives up. And then I do just open. It's beautiful. And I had the intention in the first place um, Mm -hmm. of going wherever i'm going when i Mm -hmm. sit down to write Mm -hmm. and so you did this for two books your other book rise sister rise also has such a profound message that just needs to be heard by every goddess every goddess's ear on this earth (laughs) where in the world did you write this i'm curious and what does rise Sister rise mean
1: that that book i wrote actually um both in Australia and the UK and a little bit of America. So it kind of like was all over the place. Wow. It's in many places Australia and, and the UK and that book really is about um, surrendering to your cyclic nature. So it is about the rise of the sacred feminine. Um, and it's very much um, a book on healing the feminine soul so uh, I I believe that we've had many lives, um, most of us, and that um, if not all of us, and that we some of us have incarnated in periods of history where it's been um, not safe to share our voices. For example, and you know the past five thousand years where we have had a patriarchal society. This is nothing about against men in particular. This is literally just the times that we chose to incarnate in. And so it's really exploring how we can go back to that more uh, goddess-based way of living, where we see nature as sacred, where we see the woman as sacred and holy, and that we can heal ancestral patterns, we can heal so patterns and and times where we may have been afraid to speak out.
0: I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. So powerful. How can we tap into and embrace our femininity and rise?
1: So, first of all, the thing to realize about rising is that uh, it is all about embracing our cyclic nature, which means that we need to not control so much. (laughs) And, Mm. and, recognize that, you know, looking at the seasons of life that that, that going through the, the autumn and the winter is just as important as the spring and summer. So it's embracing who we are at every moment rather than just when we're having a good hair day or, or you know, we're ovulating and we look extra good, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think that is a really important part of it. It, it really looks at this concept of creating if you're a creative particularly or an entrepreneur or or someone who is running your business especially it's like looking at creating like the life's work not the season and really embracing all archetypes of women particularly the 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 crone and the elder
0: the crone and the elder do you mind elaborating on this
1: yeah sure so so I believe that in our society, and I think it is changing, but we, we the way we look at, um, particularly in the West I'm talking about, we look at the aged, look at those who I would say are the wisdom keepers, those who have witnessed, like my grandma, she's 94 and actually just turned 95. And what she has seen in her lifetime is, is tremendous but so many people see the aged as as like in decline as 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 silly and as as stupid even or 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 frail whereas when we actually embrace the who they are even regardless of 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 um the changes that may be happening with them maybe i've had grandparents who have seemingly gone back to childhood back to being a baby um just before they pass over but to recognize that like they are they are edging their way towards the veil being so thin again and it's just the most holy sacred thing ever and so i really believe that we should and and i feel the earth needs more wisdom keepers more more of us to deeply respect the aged Oh my gosh. Amen to that. <laughs> and for for women as well. And gosh, this is a, I say this and, and it's not because I've mastered it. Absolutely not. But it's a practice I'm devoted to where it's, it's not like so much of our society has been all about like attempting perfection as a woman, putting ourselves through these these beauty routines, even daily beauty routines where we're trying to be 25 for the rest of our lives. And so it's really like embracing our true age, embracing where we really are. And this is like not just an age thing and not just a beauty thing. It's also, you know, I see so many of us in the spiritual community, especially trying to use spirituality to avoid the lows of life. But I do believe that, that, you know, all of us are going to experience death, right? We're all going to experience it in some capacity. And it, it is so sad and devastating. And, and that is beauty as well. And when we try and keep things perfect and, and try and use our spiritual practices to just avoid those highs and lows of life then then we're, we're going against that cyclic nature as well.
0: Yeah, perhaps a spiritual practice is to allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to feel the love for your grandparent or whoever has passed. Mm-hmm. And also your grandma, by the way, she mm-hmm. holds so much wisdom in every single wrinkle. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think. So much beauty in every single wrinkle. Mm-hmm. I have a personal question for you then. How do you, Rebecca, let go of controlling your cycles and let go of perfection and let go of comparison and judgment, especially in this hot and heavy, very beauties all over the place, wherever we go, and it's hard to not compare ourselves. How do you let go of this and get into alignment with yourself to allow yourself to rise?
1: Mm, I think that having a close inner circle of women who, like, can truly hold you or, or like, like a genuinely your people very much helps. I think also if you're working with your, your female cycle, if you are um, say menstruating, um, recognizing when you're in the PMS phase, which is linked to, to the season of autumn, things are falling away. And it's like, it's in that phase where anger comes up same thing around like when we're going through cosmic periods like right now as we're recording this we've been through eclipses and and making micro- yeah. retrograde and all of that and it's so easy to see these external forces particularly like in the cosmos or and even in our body with with our monthly cycle as these things that are happening to us but perhaps they're happening for us or maybe it's not even about us and rather We're just part of this changing universe and to actually embrace that. I think that that is actually very helpful and very healthy.
0: Yes. I love that answer so much and finding your sisterhood too, or your tribe. Uh and or brotherhood, and finding your tribe who's going to allow and welcome this ebb and flow of life, the changing of seasons mm. and I actually it just had a vision of my mind of you holding space for so many women because you're such a powerful force, and I even feel nurtured just being in your presence right now, and so I'm curious how do you help your sisters and others
1: rise? I think well, I'd say just by by celebrating them. And I think the mm, yes. the biggest bit, particularly with those who are in the inner circle is, is being there when things aren't rising, you know, like it wasn't a coincidence that the day that my book rise, sister rise came out, I was, and I was due to do a big talk. I was also, um, I also had broken my foot and I was in a wheelchair so I couldn't stand up, and I think that that is because there's so much talk of rising, 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 rising. But really, it's like it's it's it, both. You know, it's it's and recognizing that if we're looking back to the cycles of everything, that as you rise, then things need to clear away for the new. Thing to rise as well, and so recognizing that all is good, <laughs> even when it's not, and especially when it's not, you know.
0: Oh my gosh, when you truly physically can't rise, exactly. yet at the same time, yeah. <laughs> so, it's poetic you, metaphor. <laughs> that is so. That doesn't surprise me. In the universe, mm. you know, the cosmos—they have a great sense of humor. Mm. But you were still, even though you were physically maybe in a wheelchair, you were still rising spiritually. Mm-hmm there and present and holding space that is beautiful and you celebrate others i love that but we do fall and let's say before we rise we may even hit rock bottom and you bring light to this that hitting rock bottom actually should be celebrated it's beautiful for our soul why is this
1: yeah well i think that when we hit rock bottom what happens is the part of us that is trying to hold stuff together and cling and just like um Like if we've been trying to make our life happen and push and all of that, when we go through something such as grief or some kind of extreme falling away or a rock bottom, what happens is our ability to hold our strength to hold things together, like from that personal will sense, we just don't have as much of it. And that's why, and it can feel like in those moments that it's like, it's so dark and there is no light. However, it's in the darkness, in the in the um, when we're in the cave um, of our own heart that we can most clearly see the 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 light, this or the sun rising. You know, you would have heard that quote, and I forget who said it. So excuse me, but how the the um, it's it's brightest just after the the um, the. Just before the dawn, it's the darkest it's ever been. I I can't remember exactly the quote, but you know the one I'm talking about.
0: It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that, again, that's nature (laughs) speaking to us.
0: Yeah. And you were talking about this cave, and I was recently in my own cave, actually here in London, for a few months. Well, I do somewhat know why now. It's becoming more clear as the puzzle pieces are coming together. It's interesting. You wrote a chapter about oneness versus aloneness, and you mentioned how one of the most challenging things about being a spiritual being in a human body is the feeling of isolation, whether we have spiritual practices or not, because we all are spiritual beings, whether we are stepping into higher consciousness or not. But also, you know, many people who are here to be of service and be of love, they may tend to hermit, which is so. Mm-hmm interesting to me because it's such a contrast. Why do some people on a spiritual journey or not tend to isolate themselves from the world and how can they step out of this darkness into their light?
1: Well, I think it varies person to person. Personally, I, um, I enjoy spending time alone because I think it's a trait of a mystic type. So like I, I like to go in, to when I go in, I'm, I feel more connected to like, it's a classic move as a creative, as an artist. Right. So I hear that's where I create and that's where I replenish. Um, And I know many, many others who are, who are similar to that. So um, yeah. And I, I need to retreat to regather my energy. Not everyone's like that. You're you're one or the other. I've got plenty of people in my life who get their energy through being social and and you know and being out in the world, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, it is. I'm like you too. I like to retreat and go inward for quite a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's definitely where I find most of my energy but also can tap into my inner light and creativity. Um, but of course it's so important to go out and socialize and connect with others because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy that I've been doing that a little more lately. And one thing that I do like to do with my friends is tarot cards. And I do want to quickly bring up your Oracle cards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That they're amazing. What are they all about? And how can your cards help us turn on our light?
1: Well, they're called Work Your Light. And that essentially it's really um uh I created the cards literally to help you do that. So we were talking about... We were talking before about the discipline of showing up and, um, and doing your spiritual practice. And so that's what the cards are really for. There's lots of different types of cards in there, but essentially, um, you can pull a card every day and, um, each card is like a little portal an energetic portal. And so you can get messages or, um, activations of energy or transmissions. Um, there is also inquiry cards too. So it's like you could pull, you could, you could use the cards as a, like a, a a five minute spiritual practice.
0: Wow, that is so amazing. Everybody needs to try out your cards and do it with themselves and do it with their friends and work their light. I love that. That is beautiful. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Sure. Yeah, awesome. Morning or night person.
1: Oh, morning. Oh,
0: me too. What's your morning routine like?
1: Just, uh, it changes. <laughs> I'm sleeping in a lot at the moment, actually.
0: <laughs> I love it. You're a free flower. Dog or cat person? Dog. Strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, or Neapolitan?
1: Oh, vanilla.
0: Ooh, yes, me too, actually. No one said that yet. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm all, I'm totally a vanilla person. A <laughs> uh, favorite city in the world? Oh,
1: Oh my gosh, it's such a hard one. The favorite one I've ever visited is um the coolest city I visited is Venice.
0: Mmm. I still have yet to go.
1: I love a CC as well though, so yeah. Where? A CC. Where's that? Italy.
0: Oh, all right. I still have yet to go to Italy. Mm-hmm. I might go next month. Book you're currently reading, if any.
1: The music of life.
0: Ooh. What's that one about? It's, it's,
1: it's, uh, it's, it's very dense. (laughs) It's about vibration and and music.
0: That doesn't surprise me. You'd be reading that. (laughs) Favorite movie?
1: Muriel's Wedding. Hmm.
0: It's
1: an Aussie one.
0: What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a child? An actor. Really? Did Muriel's Wedding inspire that? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Define love. Hmm. Beauty mm, and define life. Mm, joy. I love the one word definitions. <laughs> define God, the universe,
1: mm, nature. Oh,
0: yes. So, the universe, nature gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world, Rebecca. What would these billboards read?
1: Oh, God, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> what would they read? Um, I think I'd just, like, make them beautiful. Like, put flowers and, and, and beautiful nature in there. There'd be no words. No words.
0: No words, just flowers. Mm. Of course. I love that. What does it mean to create your own magic? Hmm. Mm.
1: I think to listen.
0: Hmm to listen to yourself and the world around Mm -hmm. you that is how we create our own magic that's actually the entire premise of everything we've been talking about Mm -hmm. listening to our soul well Rebecca this has been so amazing I am beyond in love with all the words and wisdom that you just shared and I'm so grateful you put me on a high tonight
1: Yay! well it's lovely chatting with you and um thanks everyone for listening
0: yeah where can everyone find you sure,
1: it's at rebeccacampbell.me and i'm at um on instagram i'm at rebecca thoughts and facebook all these places and you got it, youtube but everybody needs
0: to read her books mm-hmm. so inspiring rebecca thank you so much thanks raquel Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls, on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to well whatever you're going through and there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day